Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Okay, welcome back to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I'll be your host today, but I've got a very special guest this is Cole Clucci, and he is a practice administrator in Illinois. So he's going to be talking with us today a little bit about the business side of running a laser therapy practice in particular, um, but also just about uh, kind of integrating laser, some of the challenges, some of the common concerns that people have about getting into laser in the first place. Uh, but before going any further, Cole, thanks very much for joining us today. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So you guys have been running laser for a while now. I've been doing uh, laser exclusively for about five years, five, six years now. Um, so we've got some different experiences, you and I, on um, you know, the administrative side in particular. Um, and I will stress, you know, Cole's not a healthcare practitioner, but he's got a lot of experience on the sales and the business side. So uh, a lot of the questions that, that I get are business related from practitioners who are trying to make sure that this actually makes business sense when they're talking about implementing laser into a practice, you know, and um, it's pretty easy to, I think, understand for a practitioner how, you know, laser can work well for your patients, but can it work well for your business? So, um, you know, what, uh, when you guys first got into laser, what were some of the concerns that you had initially um, that you ended up being able to find good solutions to? So when we first opened, um, we, we opened our practice two years and four months ago. And for us, it was originally just going to be another modality, uh, a very expensive modality, but it was, we knew there was some value in it and, uh, we figured it'd be a couple years before we broke even, but in the long run, we'd see some benefits out of it with patients. Um, the The big concern was the cost of it. You know, you spend twenty five, thirty thousand dollars on a high end unit, and you really want to make sure that it's going to work for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a big piece. Is people want to make sure they can they can make their money back. That return on investment is a as a big factor. Um, what did you guys end up seeing with your return on investment? Did you know, how, how did that go? So that's where it gets interesting. We, like I said, we were originally going to be a more traditional chiropractic clinic that just offered modalities and real quickly um, it turned into much more of a laser clinic uh, just strictly from word of mouth, the results we were seeing and what people were referring in. Um, about three months in business really took off and, you know, we were full time at that point and, um, all we were doing was lasers. So we ended up the ROI, the laser paid for itself. If you were to just take all revenue and allocate it to laser, um, the laser paid for itself within a couple months easily of, uh, once we actually clicked, um, if that makes sense. Nice. Yeah, no, that does. So not only just delivering the treatments, but as far as you, you're saying word of mouth, patients talking about the results they were getting from laser then, I guess. 
Oh yeah, we don't do a lot of paid advertisement. Um, more recently, we've experimented with a couple things, but we've never had any success with paid advertising, whether it's newspaper or online or anything like that. Um, everyone that walks through our doors has heard about us from someone else. And uh, it's consistent laser referrals, um, even from very unlikely sources. We've had patients that we that left us and we didn't think that they necessarily left on the good terms. And then all of a sudden they're referring people. And it's like maybe their experience was different than they expressed to us. It really did you know, benefit them more than they led us to believe. And yeah, referrals are the bread and butter of the practice. Yeah, referrals are great. I mean, they're free. That's that's a big part, you know, uh, referrals from patients and other providers. It's a free source of uh, patients coming in the door that you don't have to pay to market for. Well, yeah. And I mean, you touched on something really key there. We, the, the results that we've seen with laser and, uh, you know, especially once we got on board with LTI and we started implementing the different protocols that you've developed and everything, um, we started just seeing really great results and we've got patients that are going back to their physical therapists, their medical doctors and stuff like that and sharing these results. And we actually get referrals from uh, local medical clinics, um, physical therapists. We've gotten an emergency room referral before. Um, and uh, so our referrals aren't just coming from other patients, but they're coming from other clinicians. We have chiropractors that send patients our way. Um, and it just, the, the, the referrals come from people you've never even met once you really get the word of mouth out there. And yeah, you know, you guys have been involved in the traditional chiropractic side of things in the past too. And so have I, and I think we understand how rare that is to see referrals from other medical practitioners, um, is pretty unusual in, in the first place, but especially from other chiropractors. That's really unusual. It is. The key is we, uh, if we have patients that come to us and they have another chiropractor and they're coming to us for pain that that chiropractor cannot handle, um, we don't adjust those patients. Uh, we, our business is typically anywhere between 75 and 90% laser anyways. Um, uh, but we, we don't adjust patients that don't come to us for adjustments. Uh, the reason being is it helps us maintain good relationships with other clinicians in the area. Uh, they send us patients and they're willing to do so because they know we're not going to, you know, take food off their table. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think this is something that the physical therapy industry has been a lot better at um, than, than the chiropractic side in particular, because physical therapists are more used to getting those referrals, working with those referred patients um, and kind of how to handle that. Um, so that's, that's probably been a new experience for you guys, I would imagine, um, dealing with referrals and, and knowing how to handle them in a way that doesn't kind of turn off that other practice from wanting to send you more referrals. I think what you just said there about, you know, not adjusting them and, and treating that patient as a, you know, a, as a referral really so that they go back to their uh, referring chiropractor for care. That might be hard for some people to do, but that's, really just a best practice scenario that's just taking care of each other and in, in the profession well and you're going to make more money that way too because you, you can you, it's low-hanging fruit to grab the one patient but then you cut off the the, the source of more patients uh for yeah. what an adjust for for a 36 dollar adjustment after insurance you know you pay your nine percent and you're down to 
33 bucks, what was it worth when you can have someone continue to supply uh, patients to you? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, that's something that, um, that chiropractors especially should be aware of when you start getting referrals for laser from, from whether, whether it's physical therapists in the area or, or other chiros, even massage therapists, making sure that you're not, uh, that you're treating that, that referral respectfully and, and making sure that the patient does go back to that, that, uh, that referring doc. Yeah. Nice. So that's a, that's a that's a big deal. Now, did you guys do anything to kind of stimulate that those referral sources, or was it really just the results you were seeing that that kind of Im- instigated that whole process? We tried a referral program, and it was just kind of uh, I mean, it worked for a little bit, but it it was more of a pain than anything. the The referrals happened before we started doing that, and we quit that program, and the referrals still keep coming in. I don't think it ha- it had any impact. Um, the, the referrals genuinely were, we got some outstanding results, um, from different patients and, you know, they're not, everyone's going to be a miracle. Um, some people are just running the mill. They have pain. The pain is gone. And, you know, you might may or may not get a referral, but then every once in a while you get the patients that are, you know, in really severe pain, they're in messed up sort of shape. And when you can get them to do the 180, and they're living, you know, their best life again, they're going to evangelize on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll, we found that there's every couple months, we'll have a patient that just seems to drive dozens of patients. And, and it, it, it's that one or two patients that are really help build the practice. And you keep finding more of those. Um, and they run through all their friends and family. And that's just kind of the way it's worked for us. I think that's a, a pretty big advantage of laser um, is it's, it's fresh, it's new, it's fun to talk about. It's, um, you know, it's, it's easier to talk about, I think, for a lot of people, a lot of patients than just regular chiropractic um, or even exercises and physical therapy because it's, it's interesting, it's new, it sounds space agey, you know, and um, patients that otherwise might not really be all that excited say, oh, I'm doing laser. We had, we had one patient... Um, a couple of months ago that um, she was getting treatment. All she wanted to do was go brag to her friends who were getting, they were getting cosmetic laser treatments. Um, she wanted to be able to go brag to her friends that she was getting laser treatments too. And, and she did, she sent a number of patients in for, you know, actual medical conditions, but that you, you run into that where patients enjoy talking about it, especially when you get great results. So, um, you know, Another thing that I've seen is, is some doctors will say, I don't really have the time to do this. You know, I'm already seeing 40, 50 patients a day. How am I supposed to add this in? It's just me and my front desk. Um, now, in, in my clinic, we've got a staff of, uh, I think we've got 13 right now, laser techs and techs that uh, do rehab. We've got a couple, you know, a two-station front desk. We have very, very high staff, uh, high staffing. So um, we've utilized the staff to help the doctors be able to see a lot of patients in a day, but for like a single doctor clinic, which I think is pretty typical for chiropractors, especially where you have one doctor and maybe one staff member, two staff members. Um, how do you, how do you come about this, you know, adding in this modality really? How do you, how do you get that in there if you're already very busy? So we're unique in a couple ways. One is um, we are one doc clinic. We don't have staff. 
uh, I work remotely handling the operations side of things and I answer, I, I basically function as a receptionist remotely, um, but we don't have any staff in the building besides the doctor. So we had to create our entire system to be as efficient as possible and allow one person run the entire show from start to finish. And that involved a lot of paying attention to how much time everything took, what, you know, what the return is on everything, whether it's cupping, roller table, adjustment, kinesio tape, how much time does it take? What are you making off of it? And then making sure that you're building everything down in the most efficient way. Um, as far as adding lasering goes, we, like I said before, we started with it, uh, planning on it just being like a side modality as we grew a traditional practice and it became the focus of what we did. So I don't know that I can speak necessarily to incorporating it into an already busy practice. What I would say though, is, um, even if you are a, a one doctor clinic and you may or may not have one, two staff members, when you run the numbers and you look at the profitability of it, um, how much you can charge for a laser treatment and the amount of time that you're doing it in, uh, it's more profitable than uh, an adjustment unless you're a high volume rack and crack and cl clinic. You know, those guys are never going to make the money off a of laser they're making off of adjusting, but those kind of clinics that are actually super profitable doing that aren't as common as some would like um, from what I've seen anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, I think it's interesting too that, you know, you're not really planning to do a ton of laser and then you end up doing a lot of laser and it, it makes sense and you, you start to kind of build your schedule around making sure you can get the laser done. Yeah, and with that, we, I mean, a lot of, I know you guys take a one hour lunch break if I remember correctly. A lot of clinics, uh, they, they're really busy in the morning, they're really busy in the evening. And a lot of clinics have like this three hour siesta period. We start at eight o'clock and we usually end around 6.30 and we are busy the entire time. Dr. Clucci doesn't take a lunch break. She's lucky if she gets to eat during the day um, or three days a week, start to finish. And uh, when you run it like that and you're focused on laser, I guess what I'm saying is people will make the time in their day for something like that. Mm -hmm. um, people will come at hours. You normally can't get patients to come for something that's really changing their life and improving it. And so from a profitability perspective, um, you're going to, it may not make sense if you've just got these two sections of your day that you're hyper dense on patients, you're just adjusting, railing them through. Uh, it may not, make as much sense to bring laser in because you're thinking, how can I fit it in there? I can't slow down or I'm going to lose my money. But when you look at it as a whole day and you think of all the hours you're losing because you can't get patients in during that time, if you can find the balance and actually spread the schedule out, it becomes a much more profitable endeavor. No, that's a, that's a very good point. You're exactly, I've seen that with so many clinics. Yeah. That dead time in the middle of the day, or you just can't get people to come in. It's inconvenient. And then you end up with this big chunk of the day. That's almost just a waste unless you find yeah a good way to fill it. So um, when you guys are scheduling patients, when you're scheduling your doctor, obviously she's a machine. That's awesome. She's moving through people um, at that kind of a pace of the day. But when you look at scheduling, you know, uh, treatments take five, 10, 15 minutes. What do you have to allow um, for, especially like a single doctor clinic, um, 
for that patient to get the right level of treatment plus laser? So uh, we, one of the things we have, we in our, for security reasons, we have a camera in our waiting room pointing on the front door, overlooking the reception desk, cash handling goes on there. You want to pay attention to those things just for security anyways. And what we did was we took time to watch that and pay attention to how long certain things took. What, where, where's any wasted time, any wasted effort going, uh, you know, and it's a, a manufacturing philosophy. I learned a long time ago from Toyota training stuff where you look for waste and you cut the waste out. And so what we did was we boiled everything down to the essentials and how long does it take? So for, uh, if we're booking uh, a laser patient, we book 20 minutes. That 20 minutes includes checking that patient in, um, doctor touching base with them, performing treatment, um, checking them out and cleaning everything. Uh, Cause we clean table, laser, everything. Well, and especially right now we clean every door handle and everything yeah. um, in between every patient. And so that 20 minutes allows for all of that. Uh, if we have a, a patient that needs laser on two regions, um, we book them for either 25 or 30 minutes. I can't remember what it is. Um, to uh, allow for the, the the difference in treatment time. If we have someone doing adjustment and laser, it's 30 minutes. Um, so what we did was we boiled everything down to the essentials. How fast can we run it and still be comfortable without patients feeling like they're being rushed because you never want to do that. And, uh, you know, you have to create a system and work the system. No, that's that's a very good point. I think a lot of times especially if, if a chiropractor doesn't have a lot of business experience and, and most, most, most chiropractors and physical therapists don't really get any, any business training to speak of. It's hard to really think about it in, in those terms, but you're exactly right to boil it down to what has to be done. Still focused on, of course, delivering good care and patient satisfaction, obviously, um, but in a way that you're getting rid of the dead times where the doctor is basically sitting there not being profitable. So yeah, yeah no, that's really good. Um, so now insurance versus self-pay, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that get worried about, well, oh, insurance doesn't pay for laser. Uh, what, you know, how am I going to make this work? But you and I have both worked, um, with laser as a self-pay modality, um, for a long time. So what would you say to people who are worried about insurance, not reimbursing for one thing? Uh, well, we just jumped into the waters with insurance um, this year, and uh, we started with Medicare, which they don't cover laser, but that was our segue into the insurance world. Um, and uh, then we're on with Blue Cross, Cigna, Aetna, a bunch of them now, and um, we're waiting on getting paid because we just started billing them all, uh, but we've done everything from the way we've styled our macros to our notes and everything is stuff we've all discussed with you. And um, I've been to your clinic. I've talked to your people. I've, I know for a fact you're getting paid from insurance for laser. Yeah. So I'm pretty confident that those checks are going to clear. Um, we already though, once we started accepting insurance, we had people calling just simply on the fact that we were accepting insurance and they understand that if their insurance doesn't cover that they're still going to pay the cash rate. Um, but just the fact that we're willing to even try to get, in to be in network and work with them is funneling people in and they're still going to pay no matter what we're still going to get paid they're they're under the understanding they're responsible 
for the, the cost of their treatment, no matter what, but it's funneling people to us in a way that um, I hadn't quite anticipated. So it's pretty cool. Even right now in the middle of a pandemic, um, we're running four new patients a week on average the last few weeks, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. And um, the about half of them specifically have said that they saw news announcements that we were uh, on Facebook and stuff that we were accepting insurance. Um, so I, I can't speak necessarily to the profitability yet, although I'm confident in it based on, you know, everything we've worked with you on previously and having been out to your clinic and seen what you've got going on. Um, but it, it definitely has given us a, a sharp uptick in business. You know, and there's we, something magical about the statement of, yes, we're in network with your insurance. It, it just... It, it flips a switch in a lot of patients' heads and they go, great, I can do, I can see you now. But if, you, if you're not, a lot of times people will just shut you out. Well, and even if you're in network, they don't, once you're dealing with insurance, people understand that they're going to have to pay for part of it and insurance is going to pay for part of it. And there's a lot of people, and I'll never understand the mentality, but they don't care how much they have to pay for it if insurance is paying for part of it. It makes no sense to me. You can argue all day long that our cash rates are way low, but does it go to my deductible? And you'll get people that'll, they'll go with it just because it, it's helping them with their deductible. And it just makes more sense to them because it's part of insurance and that's a system they're comfortable with. They understand they're not used to the idea of self paying for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's really good. When I started my practice initially, we started as all self pay um, and that works fine. You know, that works just fine. And uh, it's it definitely the administrative load is easier. The, um, the pricing is easier. The, the overhead as far as keeping track of billing and things like that is so much simpler. But you, you do seem to encounter a lot of patient resistance to even, well, you know, will you take Medicare? Well, you know, we, we do lasers. So, um, you know, we're not, we're not going to be billing your Medicare. Oh, well, I can't come in then. It doesn't even matter that, you know, for their Medicare, they may have a self-pay portion. Like you're saying, it, it, it's, it just doesn't connect. Well, and even with Medicare patients, we have their, where just because they can get adjusted and Medicare will cover that, they're more likely than to pay for laser because they, they, they're getting some benefit from their insurance coverage. And so the value of what they're paying out of pocket in what they're getting, it's a much better proposition for them. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's really good. I'm excited to see how you guys do. I'm confident you'll do well too. Yeah, we, we you know, here uh, where we're at, we do bill out um, to almost every insurance for laser and almost every insurance does pay well, but we've definitely been able to, over the last few years, develop some, some methods and, and, and um, practices that really help in with that process and like you said yeah there's there's times when patients come back with the percentage but uh, part of that's letting them know up front that there might be something that they have to owe and um, as long as they know that you're working with the insurance to take care of and they don't seem to uh, really have too much of an issue with it uh, anything else you thought about that you wanted to bring up at all oh can we talk laser downtime sure what specifically like when laser go, like if your laser is not reliable. <laughs> oh, yes. What happens? So we, 
<laughs> when I said that we run between 70, 75% up to 90% laser, um, part of that has to do with intentionality. We could be 100% laser if we chose to. Um, we've had issues, um, hopefully more than most, because I would like to think that it's a, not a predominant thing with laser reliability. Um, and we've had to send it in multiple times to get serviced. And um, credit to the, 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 the manufacturer, they really responsive uh, in, in getting it back to us, very limited downtime. And, and so I don't want to brag on them too much, but we have had issues with it. And when it happens, it can be crippling. Um, the, it's the number one reason where if you're not, there's two directions you can go. You've got four lasers. You've got this huge team. You're running four lasers. You're a dedicated laser clinic. If you want to be a dedicated laser clinic, my opinion is you need to be willing to invest in at least two lasers. You, you, you need to have the plan, you need to have the plan in place to scale where you need two lasers minimum, because if one goes down, you can still operate. We were sitting at around a 90% threshold for laser and our laser went down and I had to clear the schedule for, uh, I lost two days productivity at that point. And so since then, we've intentionally, especially once we added Medicare, we, we started doing a lot more adjustments. Um, and we do a lot more adjustments with patients that we're doing laser with intentionally so that if something happens with the laser, we can just kind of fumble an excuse with the patient as to, oh, you know, we're just taking a break. We're modifying your treatment plan right now. We're going to try an adjustment and see how you're doing and uh, do a re-exam and stuff like that but um i would be very careful not to go with cheaper lasers you know i've heard horror stories from doctors that have bargain shopped for lasers you can't bargain shop these things because it will go down you've had you've had laser issues everyone does it's mm -hmm. technology at some point it's going to fail you you don't want to bargain shop because you're going to increase the likelihood of the rate of failure um, but you also want to make sure to find balance in your practice and have a backup plan for what happens when it does go down and if you're going to be a dedicated laser facility then you really need to go all in on it because if you're not ready for that to happen it can have a crippling effect yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, oh. We did have to send one of our machines out um, just for even just its routine service. You know, you, you some yeah. of the machines you got service at it needs to be serviced at two years. Nothing wrong with it. Just needs to be checked, maintained. But it was gone for four days out of my clinic, you know, between yeah. shipping to the service center, being checked and shipping back to me total of four days. Um, and like you said, thankfully, I've got four machines in my clinic. So it was actually, we didn't really make any adjustments at all. We um, took an extra couple minutes here and there with a couple of patients until another laser was available, but it was minimal. But if that had been my only unit, yeah, it would have been a, a, a really critical um, time for us where we would have had to really not do most of what we normally would do. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I do have one other thing I'd like to add. Please. Um, is... Uh, a lot of people when they start out make a huge mistake. We made the, the, this mistake and we underpriced laser. Oh, um, it is a yeah. valuable, valuable, valuable thing. And when you underprice it, people don't see it as valuable because uh, we started off at like $35 a laser treatment. We now charge $65. 
and we have less complaining at $65. We actually, we charge $75 if someone doesn't want to prepay. We charge $65 if they prepay for either three or six visits, depending on the acuteness or chronicity of uh, their particular issue. Um, but when you underprice the laser, A, you're not making as much money, which sucks. Um, but B, people don't value it the same. You put the premium price tag on it and all of a sudden people see value in it. They complain less. And uh, we have less complaints asking people to, to pay for six visits at $65, which is I think what, 390 bucks. And people will fork over $390 much easier then I could get them to fork over $35 per visit. Yeah. They complain less. And guess what? They also show up for their appointments because they already paid for them. <laughs> so we've, got, we've got higher patient compliance. So if there's one other thing I'd add, and there's a huge takeaway from a money perspective, which is what I care most about because I'm not a clinician, um, yeah. is price it appropriately. Know what you're worth. Know what the laser's worth. And um, make sure that you're, you're getting everything out of it you can. I'm so glad you said that. That is so critical. And you see a lot of practitioners new to laser, definitely undercharge, underutilized for sure, and undercharge. And it really does devalue the service. It's like the chiropractors who do the $20 adjustments. I mean, it devalues the service. It, it really just shoots yourself in the foot. Um, it's really nice to hear what you're saying. See, when, when we started out, I, I kind of already had a pretty good feel for pricing. So I didn't go through really some of the things that you guys did, but having that experience, I think is, is huge to be able to see the difference between um, underpricing and then actually pricing the service a little bit closer to what it's worth. Um, and, and seeing that change in, in patients, that's really encouraging. And that's certainly something that we discuss with LTI clients, their pricing strategies and structures, because undercharging for a very valuable service is a great way to create a lot of problems for yourself. That's for sure. So I'm glad you brought that up. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I know this will be valuable to a lot of people that need to hear about the business side in particular of running laser therapy in a clinic. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. See you later. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.